You're listening to Easier, a podcast about making life and work easier. I'm Anthony Wagner, and this is episode number 30. Each Wednesday, we'll embark on a journey together to discover the best tips for living and working more simply. I believe that when things are easier, we have time for what matters most. This week in Make Life Easier, I've got a quick life hack about how to always make time for your friends. It can be a pain in the butt trying to schedule time as adults with friends, but this life hack will help you out. And then in Make Work Easier, we're talking about 10 questions that you should ask yourself before you schedule a meeting. Let's get started. Okay, first up, make life easier. We're talking about what a technique that I call next plans at current plans. And what I found is that after leaving college, you know, you're in college and your friends are kind of built in, college and, and prior. When you're in school, it's like friends are built in. You don't have to make plans. You just see each other because of classes and, and groups that you're in and things like that. And it, it kind of just works itself out. But as soon as you graduate, it seems like everyone's schedules just go berserk. Folks get jobs and they're working, of course, and so that takes up the bulk of their time. But then people find get into relationships, they're getting married, they're having kids, they're, they're starting businesses, they're doing all kinds of things that suck up the bulk of our time. And friend, you know, your friendships are incredibly important, but we don't seem to make as much time as we could if we had something built in that allowed us to free up our brains about this particular task, and that is scheduling time to see friends. There are two kind of pretty big barriers to getting scheduled with friends. The first is just remembering. I find that sometimes a month, two months, three months will go by before I ask one of my closest friends to schedule time to hang out. And that's kind of more my personality. Like I, with my friends, the ones that I keep close, all of us are very busy and we don't need to be in constant contact to stay friends. We kind of see each other, do updates and hang out periodically. And that remembering often kind of goes by the wayside. Number two is coordinating your schedules when you're so busy, when you're apart It's really difficult because what I find is that I'll shoot a message to someone and they'll respond, you know, usually really pretty quickly. And then I'll respond quickly and that doesn't work. And then that person will take longer to get back. And then I'll take even longer than that because I'll get the message and I'll clear the notification. Scheduling digitally is a pain in the butt. So the best answer that I've come up with, and it combats both of these problems that you need to remember and that you need to coordinate schedules, is to make your next plans before you leave your current plans and put the time on your calendar. So if you always remember to do this, you have taken care of both of those problems. So like with my friend Colleen, she and I just were wrapping up, you know, whatever we were doing a couple of days ago. And I said, all right, let's plan something. And she said, you know, I need to let my wife know that we're going to do a, like a longer thing because sometimes she has to leave and she wanted to be able to stay out a little bit longer. So we planned a longer thing right before we left this weekend 
And now it's on my calendar. And that serves another purpose too, that you've always got a reminder. So if you realize, oh crap, I had something on the calendar, at least it reminds you to reschedule. Then you do kind of get stuck back into that digital rescheduling thing, but at least you're a lot better off. So this is a really great tip. I find that I see my friends a lot more frequently when we schedule the next plans at the current plans. And this works also especially well if you're doing a group thing. We have a game night that we do. We try to do once a month, but you know, before it had gone by the wayside for, God, I want to say five or six months because we just couldn't get a time together. So now we are scheduling the next one at the current one and it's much easier with everyone in the room and we can do it far enough in advance. We don't have to wait on someone to say, hey, let's do this. So that it really solves that problem. So if you have troubles, you know, making time for your friends, definitely, definitely try this out, making next plans at current plans. Okay, it's time for make work easier. And this is a section I think I'm going to get a little bit passionate about because this is a topic that can drive me absolutely crazy. And the topic is scheduling a meeting. And overall, it's 10 questions to ask yourself before you schedule a meeting. I cannot tell you what a pet peeve of mine it is to sit through pointless, endless, mind-numbing meetings. They drive me crazy. Meetings I don't need to be in, meetings I have nothing to do with, meetings that have no end time, that feel like they go on forever and ever and ever. If you've ever sat in a meeting like that, you know how painful it can be. So I found in this book that I picked up, it's called Productivity Hacks, 500 plus easy ways to accomplish more at work that actually work by Emily Price. And I have a link in the show notes. And of course, I'll give you the show notes link at the end of the episode. But I picked this book up and she listed 10 questions to ask before scheduling a meeting. And so I took those questions from the book, tweaked them a little bit and expanded on them to kind of give some context and some best practices. So This book is phenomenal. Like I said, I have a link to it in the show notes if you want to grab a copy. I actually think I'm going to be using this book quite a lot for the shorter segments in each episode. Each episode kind of rotates back and forth between a longer and a shorter segment, Make Life or Make Work Easier. Like the Make Life Easier this week was a shorter topic and this one's the longer one. I tend to pull the shorter ones out of books like this. That's one strategy. A lot of them come just from my head, but this is really a phenomenal way of coming up with ideas. So if you want to kind of jumpstart on me, grab that book. It's great. It'll be in the show notes. So let's get right into it and let's talk about the 10 questions that you should ask yourself before scheduling a meeting. And the first and probably the most obvious is why do I want to have this meeting? And the first thing I want to impress upon you is that meetings are expensive. If you schedule just a one hour meeting, you think, oh, this is an hour of time. It's not a big deal. But you have to multiply that one hour by the number of participants that you've required or invited to the meeting. If you have a meeting with yourself and nine other people, so a 10-person meeting, you've just used 10 collective hours on your team. And if everyone is on a team at work, for instance, and everybody is being paid to be there, you've got to check everyone's hourly costs in your mind and multiply that by 10. And that's how much it costs to actually run that meeting. So for example, this is a really simplified example. Let's say you've you're the boss and you're making $70,000 a year and you've got a staff of nine and they each make $45,000 a year. That's not likely going to be the case flat out, but just to give you an idea. So what I did was I took and I kind of used our model at the school I work for. We get paid 
twice a month. And so it's 24 pay periods. And so I divided the salary by 24 to get the pay period. And there's 80 hours per check. And so I divided that by 80 just to calculate the number of hours. I mean, I could have just done 24 times 80 and then divided that. But anyway, you come to it, it comes down to $70,000 a year salary is earning about 36 bucks an hour. And the 45,000 is earning about $23 an hour. So you have to add 36 and then 23 times nine, you get a cost of about $250 to run that meeting. It's a $250 meeting. You think, oh, it's just an hour. You have to keep that in mind. So do you have a clear objective in mind for that meeting? If you don't, don't have the meeting. It's, it's pointless to have a meeting where everyone just sits and kind of rambles, given that they are so expensive. And we're going to cover this more in a couple of questions, but I, I say to consider setting a SMART goal before the meeting. And I did an episode, it was little four, I think, was when I was doing in the middle of the hiatus, there was an episode, a short one I did on setting SMART goals. So you can get to that by visiting easiercast.com slash little four, and it's little and then the number four. And that will walk you through setting a SMART goal. We'll get to that a little bit more in a minute. So question number two is, could this meeting be handled in an email? And this is of this overall topic on pointless meetings being a pet peeve of mine. This is one of the things within that topic that really drives me the most crazy. And this is, we're sitting in a meeting that could have just been an email. So... Are you looking for actual dialogue, actual conversation, or just to make announcements? And if you're just looking to make announcements, it sounds more like a vanity exercise for you, so you should skip that meeting and send an email. And you should expect the people that you're sending the email to will actually read it. And there are strategies associated with that, making the email short, making it bulleted, not putting giant paragraphs of text, things like that, to ensure that the folks you're sending emails to actually read them. But if it's just for the purpose of making announcements, unless it's like you're making a big announcement to your entire staff or whatever, you should skip the meeting and send an email. You don't need to suck up resources and people's time just to pontificate in front of them. If you're having a conversation or you're asking for a conversation, ask yourself this, are you looking for a thing wherein that group dynamic, that back and forth is going to be helpful at honing an idea? Or are you just looking for feedback? Again, If it's just for feedback, skip the meeting and send an email. You don't need to make everyone sit in a room for a period of time just to get feedback on an idea. And this goes back to, again, sending emails that people actually read and respond to. So ultimately, the question you should be asking is, am I looking for a group dynamic? Is that going to help me with whatever I'm doing? If that's the case, then okay, go ahead and schedule the meeting. Number three is what goal am I trying to achieve by the end of the meeting? We touched on this briefly in question number one, but it's worth really diving a little more into here. You need to be crystal clear in your goal for the meeting. A terrible objective is something like, I want to meet because we haven't met in a while. If you send out a meeting request like that, I'm just pulling my hair out because that is a pointless vanity exercise. You want everyone in a room because you haven't done it in a while and you want to pontificate in front of a room. No, stop wasting resources. 
a slightly better objective is I want to meet because my team needs to update everyone on my in, on their in-progress projects. That's a little better. It gives some more purpose, and you can clearly define how that meeting will be structured. We'll cover that in a little bit, but that's still not great. I mean, you should really try to hone your goal for your meeting around a SMART goal. And just as a quick recap, SMART is specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. And really, you want it to be specific, measurable, and timely. And you can listen to the full description of those in the Little 4 episode, easiercast.com slash little4. But an example of a SMART goal for a meeting would be to make a decision about which ad firm to hire by 3 p.m. this afternoon. This passes the benchmark from before that you're looking for a genuine group dynamic to debate and discuss. You're not just looking for feedback. And it's specific. It's measurable in that you're going to either make a decision or not, and it's timely, you know when. So that is a much better goal. And you should be sure to clearly communicate that to everyone prior to the meeting. It should be very obvious what the point of the meeting is so everyone has focus to the conversation. And you need to be sure to end the meeting when the goal has been accomplished if it comes ahead of your end time. There's no reason to sit in a room and again pontificate just because you have time. We'll cover more about end times in a little bit. So number four is who absolutely needs to attend this meeting? Who absolutely needs to be there? Remember how expensive meetings are. And remember how you felt the last time you were stuck in a meeting that was completely irrelevant to you. Ask yourself if the folks you're inviting need to really be there or if they can just be informed via an email. If they'll contribute in a meaningful way, then invite them. If not, don't. Don't just bring them because, oh, this. I think maybe if you don't have a reason, don't do it. Let people use their time in the most efficient way, and typically that's not sitting in a meeting, especially if they don't need to be there. Also, a sub-question here is ask yourself if everyone needs to stay the entire time. Can you structure the meeting so that certain people, when you have your full group, can have that discussion, wrap up that discussion, and then dismiss the people who no longer need to be there. There's no rule that says that everyone who attends has to be there the whole time. And it drives me crazy if a meeting, if I'm invited to a meeting that has two purposes, and I have to sit through purpose A because that's related to me, and then purpose B comes up, and I have to sit there with nothing to contribute just because that's where I am. Drives me nuts. Let them go when they've done their part. Okay, number five is how can I make this meeting useful for all attendees? And I have a kind of an actionable list here. First, provide an agenda in advance. Provide an agenda in advance, even if it's just a couple of hours, but allow folks to review it. If this is just a meeting where you're setting the agenda, send it out at least a couple of hours. And if you have trouble remembering to do that, schedule your meetings for, you know, kind of early to mid-afternoon, one o'clock, two o'clock range. I know that's not ideal. I prefer meetings in the morning, so I wouldn't do that. But if you can't remember, and then you schedule them in the early afternoon and then write your agenda in the morning. Send it out and set the expectation that folks will have reviewed it before the meeting so they know what they're walking into. At the top of the agenda should clearly and obviously be stated what the goal is for the meeting. Then assign someone in the meeting to take notes and have them do it digitally. 
First thing I'll say is some folks don't like feeling like the scribe, so if you have to, rotate the responsibility each week to someone else so everyone has a chance to take notes, so nobody feels like they're being burdened with some type of administrative work that they don't want to do, if that's a concern. If you have a designated staff member just for that, by all means, use them for that. I say digitally because if you take handwritten notes, I know that sometimes that's a little, you can remember more. If everyone's doing their own handwritten notes, that's fine. But if the person taking the notes for the meeting does them digitally, they can just immediately send them out or better yet, put them in a shared folder so everyone has access to them immediately and you don't have to do any kind of waiting for someone to get the notes out. Then as the organizer of the meeting, it's your job to keep everyone on topic and to squash any digressions before they've gone too far. This drives me crazy. This is up in there with the, this meeting could have been an email pet peeve. When people are in a meeting and everyone starts talking about something that has nothing to do with the meeting, every so often, you know, you're joking, something comes up, little, that's fine. But when somebody starts talking about A and they've dived into topic B through Z that have nothing to do with the meeting and nobody calls them on it. And so they suck up 30, 40, 50% of the meeting time talking about nothing that's relevant. It may be important, but they should schedule a meeting about that if it's that important. Don't let people digress. Next is to set hard time limits for each topic on the agenda and actually keep time. Again, you can rotate this, set a Bring a timer and have someone set the time and keep time every meeting to keep everyone on track. You'll get better at estimating how long each topic will take as you do it more. And at first, you may need to be a little bit lenient. So you set five minutes for topic A and it goes six. You kind of can get a feel for the fact that you're not scheduling enough time. But set time limits for each topic and hold to them. And also make sure that when you have your agenda All of your combined time limits fit within your overall allotted time. If you've got an hour and you've got six topics and each topic is scheduled to take 15 minutes, your hour is pointless. So be sure to keep an eye on that. And then last, set a hard end time. One hour or whatever, 30 minutes, 22 minutes, I don't care. Whatever you set, stick to it. And we're going to talk more in number seven about that. Are your days super busy? Even though you're stressed and tired, do you feel like somehow you just don't get enough done each day? Well, you're definitely not alone. That's why I put together an awesome one-page guide on my top 15 strategies for getting more done in a day. These are all of the best productivity tips I've found from books, online research, and experience. It's completely free. All you have to do is head over to easiercast.com slash get more done to grab your copy now. Again, that's my free one-page guide called the top 15 strategies for getting more done in a day. You can find it at easiercast.com slash get more done. All right, let's get back to the show. six is what information can I provide before the meeting? As I mentioned just a minute ago, provide an agenda. It doesn't have to be crazy long or or complicated. Just a list of the topics that you're going to discuss and with time limits on each one. And then ask folks if, if this is more of an open meeting, if it's an updates meeting kind of thing, ask folks to send their agenda items in advance. 
you can do this via email, but then someone's got to put that together. Or the easier way, send out a shared document that everyone can just update with their times or with their, well, with their times too, but with their topics. And sometimes what happens is you'll do this and nobody will respond. People will have things that they think they want to talk about, but they won't say anything because they're concerned that it's not relevant enough or whatever. You can combat this by first making sure that your goal is crystal clear. If it's crystal clear, then they've got a benchmark. If my meeting is about picking an ad firm and I feel like I want to add to the agenda what we should have for lunch, eh, maybe not. But if it's if I'm in finance and my meeting is about and the meeting is about picking an ad firm and I know ABC cost comparison, yeah, I need to put that on the agenda. So it's going to give me a little bit more leeway to schedule because I'm going to know what the meeting is about. Also, as the organizer, you could provide examples of what types of things should go on the agenda and also put a couple items on yourself to get the ball rolling. When you do that, it helps people feel more comfortable. At first, if you start doing this, folks probably will not, but if you're consistent with your ask and consistent in doing it, people will start doing it and your agendas will become more and more useful. Number seven is how can I organize the meeting so everyone's voice is heard? So if you're having just an updates meeting where folks are coming to share progress, you should, the easiest way is to just give everyone that's attending the meeting a slot on the agenda. So if you've got a team of six, put everyone on the agenda. Then take the amount of time you've allotted for the meeting and divide it by the number of attendees. So if you've got a 30-minute meeting and six attendees, you've got five minutes each for updates. And let's say you're doing a dual-purpose meeting, updates, and then something specific. Take your time slot and divide it by that. And everyone gets that amount of time. And then you have to hold everyone to that speaking time. Again, do the notes and the timer method. And when somebody's five minutes has elapsed, cut them off. If they know that they have to stick to the amount of time, especially if it's a consistent amount of time, if they know they have to stick to it and you're going to cut them off at that point, they will find a way to squeeze it in. Some kind of alternatives here, if they're talking about something that's super relevant and you need to cover, cut them off at five, say write down where you were, and if you still have time before your overall stop time and the group is okay with it, they can come back and continue that update. But if people know they have a cutoff time and it's a firm one, they will fit their updates into it. Then if you're having a discussion meeting where you're encouraging dialogue as opposed to just an updates meeting, they can be a little bit trickier, but your goal for these meetings is typically conversation about a particular topic and you're trying to come to some type of decision. And this is often where folks will have varying opinions and where you're going to run into time limit issues. So in those situations, as the organizer, I believe when you're trying to have a discussion meeting, your role should be like the chair of a committee in in parliamentary procedure. You should be a neutral facilitator. So how do you do that? What are some guidelines for being a neutral facilitator? First of all, you should not take sides. If you have an opinion, you're coming, you're calling a meeting to ask for other opinions, and if you're already of a particular mind, people tend not to want to disagree unless there is already a big disagreement. So if you already know the answer, generally you don't need to have a meeting. You can send out an email asking for constructive feedback, but if you've already got something in your mind, unless you're just coming to get everyone's approval and a vote, you don't need a meeting for that. If you don't, 
then your outcome, your best outcome is to extract all useful information from your attendees. You are in the middle and you're trying to get feedback in order to make a decision. So let's go with that ad firm example. Let's say you're the chair and you're you're organizing this meeting and you don't know what ad firm and you want everyone to share their collective knowledge so the group or you, if you're the boss, can come to a decision in an informed way. So that can be a little bit tricky, but the first piece is don't take sides. Folks will not share honest feedback if they think you're biased. If they think they're going to have to go against the grain, it's much less likely. Then another strategy is that if the conversation becomes circular, in other words, you have a meeting of 10 plus you and five people are dominating the conversation saying the same things over and over and over and over again, you have the ability to stop that, to say in a, in a professional, polite way, okay, we've heard a few people in favor of this, does anyone disagree? This gives people who do disagree but are feeling a little uncomfortable, they feel like maybe they're the only one in the room that disagrees, this gives them the opportunity they need to voice that opinion because the chair, the organizer, is specifically asking. And if they don't, then it's kind of a speak now or forever hold your peace kind of deal. If they haven't, expressed it when it was specifically asked for, then, you know, they're complicit in the decision that's made. So you have the ability as the chair or as the organizer to say, all right, I've heard four or five people in favor. Does Do we have anyone against? I want to hear feedback against. And that's a way of bringing that out. So those two strategies, do not take sides and end circular conversation. And that's a, those are some pretty good strategies for keeping your meetings organized so that people can feel free to speak their minds. All right, we're closing in. Number eight is, this is a big one. This is probably the email thing is up there. The being in a meeting I don't need to be in is up there. But this one is probably my biggest pet peeve when it comes to meetings is how long does the meeting really need to be? Meetings should never be indefinite. They should never feel indefinite. And this is my biggest pet peeve is people who set a meeting time, but don't stick to the end time. So you blow through the end time and suddenly everyone's in a room with no idea when it's going to end. It goes around and around in circles and it feels hopeless. Those are not productive meetings by any means. If your meeting needs to be two hours, schedule two hours so people know. If they know that you are going to respect your start and end times, they will show up on time And they will be productive during and will understand and be appreciative when you end the meeting. So remember that they're expensive. Again, this is important. Meetings are expensive. So be really cautious about how much time you schedule. And then second, remember that it is incredibly disrespectful of your colleagues to hold them hostage in a never-ending meeting. And on top of it, it's not productive. People, when they're in a meeting wondering about when they're going to be able to leave, do not produce or do not contribute as well as when there is an end time. So a question I always hear when I say this, but what if the meeting is covering something I need and I don't want it to end? Yeah, well, that's tough. That's my answer. It's tough. You didn't schedule enough time. You're not being respectful of the people that are there and holding them hostage because you made a mistake in the amount of time it was going to take or you made a mistake and didn't keep folks on track is your fault, not everyone else's. You should have used the time more efficiently. You should have cut those digressions. You should have scheduled the appropriate amount of time, whatever. But it's your fault, not everyone else's. Do not hold everyone hostage. You can schedule another meeting and be more mindful of how much time you actually need. 
And then the next thing I'll hear is, no, really, I can't end this meeting. We have to finish this now. It's a deadline. Okay, so my pet peeviness is coming out, but the answer is that there are two respectful things which you can do. The first is to ask the group's permission for a one-time, you may do this one time, one-time specific extension of that meeting. So you can say, all right, folks, we're at the end of the meeting. This is an incredibly important conversation. We have this deadline looming. Are, can I get a vote to see if we can extend the meeting by 20 minutes or however much time? You cannot do this again in a meeting because then it becomes totally pointless and people start thinking, oh, it's never going to end again and their productivity drops. If you do a one-time extension and take a vote, respect the outcome. If people vote no, then no. You need to figure out another way. It's your fault, not everyone's. You should not be holding them hostage. And then number two is, and I don't really love doing this, but it's an option, but you have to be genuine when you do this, is to say, okay, folks, we're going to wrap up. The end of the meeting has come. This is a really important discussion, so I'm going to stay and continue it. If anyone would like to stay, you are welcome. If not, you're welcome to leave, and you have to be genuine in doing that. You, You have to be. Don't say that and then silently stare at everyone expecting them to stay. That is, again, holding people hostage in an indefinite meeting. Don't do it. It's disrespectful. It's frustrating. And really, I mean, I'll just want to slap you upside your head if you do that and I'm in a meeting. So make sure you've scheduled enough time and make sure you're respectful of that end time when the time comes. Okay, number nine is what's a convenient time to meet? This one's kind of a more process-y kind of question. Scheduling is a pain in the butt, but there are a couple of tools that I like to use. If you don't have kind of a team communication tool, Doodle is great. It's free. You can use it to get everyone scheduled. If you've never used Doodle, it's very easy to use, so I would suggest giving that a shot. And then if your team already does use Outlook, try using the scheduling assistant within Outlook, and there will be some links in the show notes to get more details on that. I would also love to know if you have any specific tools that you recommend, especially free ones. I'd love to update the show notes with those tools. So please email them to me at podcast at easiercast.com. And I would love to do some updates on the best tools for scheduling meetings. And last up is number 10. How can I guarantee that everyone leaves with specific tasks? This actually makes entire meetings pointless. If you have a meeting and people have things that they need to do and they have no idea what they are and nobody has written them down. So first, you have to make sure that somebody's taking notes. Again, use my rotating note method if nobody really wants to, so it's fair. And make sure that they're doing it digitally. And then ensure that the person that's taking notes is flagging all the action items. So I gave a tip in episode number 29, last week's episode, about identifying action items while taking notes. And this works not quite as well as it would on paper, at least because I tell you to draw a circle in that episode. About um, I tell you to draw a circle for every task so you can flag it. All you need to do is assign some type of a typed symbol, whether it's a, a double vertical pipe or it's a open close parenthesis, something, something that you can see easily as you scan the notes as a symbol to flag every task. I know when I use OneNote, you actually can do a really quick checkbox at the front of each task that you want by, I think it's hitting Control or Command 1, and that'll flag it with a text box or a checkbox. So that's a, an easy way to do it. But anyway, it happens, flag the tasks as the notes are being recorded, and then Also, it's a good idea to put the name of the person who's assigned to it somewhere in that. And I typically just use initials because it's faster. And then 
at the end of any agenda, you should schedule like five minutes max for the note taker to recap the action items before everyone leaves. So you can step through them to make sure everyone's clear about what tasks have been assigned and possibly even what deadlines are assigned with them or you could decide that then so it doesn't really interrupt the flow of the meeting. And that's all 10. I hope that these are useful for you. And let me just quickly recap the questions just so you've kind of got those in your mind. Number one, why do I want to have this meeting? Two, could the meeting be handled in an email? Three, what goal am I trying to achieve? Four, who absolutely needs to attend? Five, how can I make the meeting useful for everyone? Six, what information can I provide before the meeting? Seven, how can I organize the meeting so everyone's voice is heard? Eight, how long does it really need to be? Nine, what's a convenient time to meet? And 10, how can I guarantee that everyone leaves with specific tasks? And that's it for episode number 30 of Easier. Remember, always schedule next plans at your current plans with your friends to keep yourselves on each other's calendar and in each other's lives. And also, remember to run through this quick list of questions before you schedule a meeting so that you have more productive meetings and less annoying meetings. Do you have any tips, tricks, or hacks for making life or work easier? If so, please email me at podcast at easiercast.com or you can head over to the show notes and leave a comment. The show notes can be found at easiercast.com slash 30. And again, if you have any tools for scheduling that you like, please email them to me. I'd love to update the notes. You can, again, email is at podcast at easiercast.com. Finally, if you know anyone who would benefit from the tips I've covered in this episode, please be sure to share it with them. Hopefully, every share means that someone, somewhere, will find more time for what matters most to them. Thank you, as always, so much for listening. Until next week, here's to an easier life. Bye for now.